welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast, where you'll learn how to structure terms and use various creative financing strategies to create profitable deals for short and long-term wealth. Whether you're a buy and hold investor, wholesaler, or flipper, learning creative financing will help you do more deals and unlock profits that you may not even know existed. On the Creative Financing Podcast, we break down actual deals we and our guests are doing and simplify the methods and terms used to execute these strategies. Now, let's dive in and create some terms. Hello and welcome to the Creative Financing Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Gallegos, here with Jeff Rappaport. And today, guys, we're going to kind of talk about um, right and wrong ways of deal structuring, kind of loosely. Um, Jeff, you, you kind of had this idea. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? So I, I have a former apprentice who's now a full-time real estate investor that we still continue to work on some deals together. And he was interested in, he's still trying to learn how to put together offers, which I think a lot of our listeners are doing as well. Yeah, including me. And so what he did and what I usually ask of people to do is that, hey, put together some offers first. And then let's look at them, and then I will put some offers together as well. And we can kind of look at how they differ and why. So I thought we could do that today, is look at what his offers were, look at what mine were, and why are there some differences. Okay. Okay. So let me set the stage here a bit. Uh, These are two duplexes, and uh, they're primarily the same. Except for one thing, there's a little different debt owed on each one. So when I give you everything, it's pretty much the same for each one, but the debt's a little different, okay? So right now the income is $2,300 for each duplex, two duplexes, okay? Uh, Their mortgage amounts on one of them, it's $839, one is 529. That's the big issue. Okay, property taxes are about $1,275 about for this each one. Okay. Um, insurance is $380 a year for each one. Uh, utilities <laughs> run for the combined, they're about $325 each one. And then there was some maintenance and repair kind of stuff. So... Um, don't worry about all the, the different numbers. We'll kind of go through them as we're, we're looking at putting these offers together. Okay. Okay. So before we kind of look at Joe's offers and my offers, let's figure out how we would look at this, Jonathan. Now, I think we've looked at enough of these that... That you have an idea of what I want to do in terms of figuring out how we can structure something, right? Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that we're going to do? Uh, figure out what, well, if there's any debt owed on the property and what they would rent for. Okay. And so I think that uh, what we decided, and I don't remember this 100%, but I think they could be slightly raised. I don't think it's going to be a tremendous amount. Maybe a couple of hundred dollars each one. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and he, 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 the seller is selling these as a package. Buyer wants to buy as a package. Okay. 
Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is start working backwards, right? Yep. So what do we need to look at to determine if we can structure something here? So let's figure out, let's just take the income where we're at right now, which is $2,300 a month each duplex. Okay. Okay. And let's start working backwards. So what, what do we know? Are fixed expenses. So taxes, insurance. So, so let's take out twenty three hundred. Uh huh. That's per month, and you can do that per month or for year. It really doesn't matter. Right. Let's just do per month. So we'll take out taxes. Let's call it twelve fifty. Are you doing it per oh, year? I'm then? sorry, no, not twelve fifty. Um, like a hundred and eight. Sorry. Minus 108, that's what I was asking. <laughs> Minus uh, insurance, which is like 32. 32 bucks a month, okay. Uh, utilities. Call These it a, are... Call it 100. Um, utilities are running... They're expensive. Um, 325. Wow. Yeah. For water, sewer, garbage? Water, sewer, garbage, and then they pay something for gas, which is, uh, they pay the gas on both for oh. something. So Are they not separately metered? No, I believe they are, so I'm not really sure why that is, but yeah, um, yeah that's the number that we have. So Okay, and uh, I just want to point out real quick, if you guys are out there listening to this and you can, follow along with us with your calculator because literally this is the first step that Jeff does when he's yep. creating offers is he f figures out how much cash flow is there. Yep. So you take what you can rent the property for and you start min minusing expenses, which is what we just did. That's right. So in uh, this, you, you will have to make a decision for yourself. This is a duplex or two duplexes. So for me, I'm not going to worry too much about maintenance, or I'm not going to worry about um, capital expense, or I'm not even going to worry about vacancy. What about management? Management, if you're planning on using management, you better add it in. Yeah, yourself. Yeah. But so, you you probably wouldn't so take it into account. Joe, Joe was going to use management, so we need to minus out another $184. Minus 184. Okay, but... They also, they gave us, and you know, this, this was pretty good of them, that you know, there's some maintenance and repairs and carpet cleaning and uh, terminator, exterminator, um, all that kind of stuff. So let's put another $125 just for maintenance, okay? Okay, so minus $125. So what are, where are you at? I got uh, 1526 yeah. Is that what you got? Yeah. So I think that's in the vicinity. So let's take, what else do we know is an expense? Um, if you want to put anything towards uh, capital improvements. We could, but again, being a duplex, I don't. Okay. So um, I know that Joe did put some, you know, it's more of like a miscellaneous kind of category but maybe capital expense but for me on a duplex I'm not going to worry about it 
this was a five, six, tenplex, I would absolutely worry about it. Yeah. But on duplexes, I just don't worry about that kind of stuff. So, and what's your, I mean, if you were going to put in a capital expense, maybe it's 50 bucks a month, something like that. Yeah. If you're going to use a vacancy factor, you would, you know, depending on the area, five, five percent, five percent would probably be covered enough. But, I'm not going to worry about that stuff on okay. a duplex. So I think we have all the expenses covered. Other than one thing, the mortgages. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah of course, yeah. Okay, so let's let's do this based on... Um, let's do it on the higher one right now. Okay, so 1526 minus 839. 839, that's the mortgage. Yeah. Okay. So what do we have left? 687. Okay, so... That's our cash flow. 687 is now what we have to work with without being able to raise the rents at all. Okay. To pay the seller and, in this case, to pay the buyer who wants to own them. Okay. Okay? So what if... um, So this... uh, Let's paint a little picture. So the seller really doesn't need money right this second, Uh wants to get a good price for the property, and uh, is open to this kind of structure because he'll make more over time. Okay. Okay? So we have $687. Where do you want to be? Where would... you know? How would we potentially structure something with this? So, how do we divvy up the almost seven hundred bucks we have left? And if you have entered in like um, vacancy or capital expense or anything else for that matter, you'd have to reduce this amount so you have yeah, even yeah. less to work with. Right, right. So, just we got to figure out what first of all the seller would want. Um, above their payment uh, because they might want $500 above their payment and then, you know, our cash flow would be... Seller didn't mention, just said, yeah, I'm open to it. Okay, so maybe give them... I mean, I would... I would prefer to like cash flow at least five hundred a month, huh? which was going to eat up most of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you a question, Jonathan. If you could, and obviously this is personal preference, and we've looked at a lot of these deals as a wholesale deal, mm-hmm. but in this case, we're kind of looking at it as, hey, we may want to own it, or at least Joe wants to own it. Um, what if what if you only made two hundred dollars a month cash flow, but you could own it for little to no money down, or when I say no, probably little. Yep. And you could get a longer term. Would that be would that offset like cash flow for you? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it might, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think it would for Joe as well. So um all right, so we kind of laid the groundwork as far as what we have to work with. Mm-hmm. And so what I'd like to do is go over the offers that Joe made. And my guess is is that 
and we did this like a month ago, so my bad that I don't remember what I think we could get those rents to. My guess is you could probably raise them a couple hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. So let's walk through this. All right. So right now we have six hundred and eighty-seven dollars to work with after basically all, ex- our all expenses expense, right? and the mortgage. Yep. All right. So here's the first offer: purchase price. I don't remember what the seller. I don't know if the seller gave an actual uh, number price. I think he wanted to be around two sixty, if I remember right. But so Joe came up with three different offers. So let, let's go through this. Okay. First offer is two forty five with ten thousand dollars down at five percent interest over thirty years. Okay. So again, let's just work through this. So if you take 245 minus the 10, we have a present value of 235 at 5%. And then amortized over 30 years is 360 months. We solve for the payment. That's $1,261.53. Okay. Okay. And he asked for a 10-year term on this one. Okay. Okay. Which then he figured out the balloon payment. And what you would do is just put in 120, 10 years times 12 mm-hmm. as your number, of ter- uh, as your term, and then solve for future value. And that's 191,153. For the balloon. Okay. For the balloon. And so then he figured out what the guy would gross. And again, you would just take that monthly payment. Let's see if he did it right. And I always, I, I don't ever put the cents in, but he did. So $1,261.53 times 120. That's 151000 and some change. Plus the 191, 153.85 balloon payment. Plus the 10000 down payment is... No, so he forgot to add in the down payment, but so it comes out to be three hundred and fifty-two thousand five hundred and thirty-seven dollars over ten years. Not bad getting that much money. Now, granted, he's not getting it all; he's yeah. paying down his debt, but yeah. he is creating a cash flow. Let's figure out really quickly. So he has. If we're offering him twelve sixty-one. And 53 minus the two monthly payments. So 839, we'll just keep it so about 422. And 1261 minus 5. 732. So, based on this offer, for both this seller would be getting 1150 plus the taxes if his, which I believe the taxes are escrowed in his, in his payment. payment. Okay. So, he would be getting you know, probably 1350 a month in cash flow yeah. from the two from this payment. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's talk about 
offer number two. So that was a 10-year term, okay? So obviously Joe would like to have the property on a loan longer than, you know, as long as he could get it. And I think the seller was open to that. Okay. Okay. So second option, $265,000, $5,000 down. So he's come up 20 grand, came down five grand on his down payment, 4% interest amortized over 20 years. His payment would be 1372. His balloon payment would be uh, so this one's for 6 years, 6 year term. Oh, okay. His balloon payment would be 218,925. So because it's amortized over a shorter period of time, pays down a little quicker. And on this one, the seller would gross 322,000. 736 okay um, let's just make sure that Joe did his 1372 times 72 plus the balloon payment plus the down payment is the gross um, that one he got right so the grand total that the seller would make three hundred and twenty-two thousand over six years. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. So now, and because the seller's payment is higher in this one, so it's about a hundred and ten dollars more than the first one. So if he was making what did we say thirteen fifty, I think uh -huh. it's now fifteen. 75 okay. okay okay so offer number three <clears throat> purchase price 286 so we have 245 265 now 286 okay three thousand dollars down so the Ooh, down payment less. has gone down each time now he's using like a simple interest um don't get caught up in this but two and a half percent simple interest for 36 months and now the payment is fourteen fifty a month. There's a balloon payment of two fifty two, and the seller will gross three hundred and seven thousand dollars. Okay, so we have a three year term, a six year term, and a ten year term, and they differ in price by you know, two forty five to two eighty six. Uh -huh. Can I tell you just a few things that that I see right off the bat that aren't super enticing to me. So the shorter his term is, the the higher his purchase price is? Correct. Okay. Which is, again, uh, it's that, that's not what you would really want to do. Yeah, that's the first thing and, I noticed. And, and I kind of feel responsible for that because I do have an option, a three-year option where you know I'm using simple interest that I typically offer more. However, you, you've got to understand what you're trying to accomplish here. So here's the first thing that I'm looking at when I'm looking at all these offers. So why is the one that's 10 years? I mean, if I want the seller to give me a 10-year note as opposed to like a three-year note, 
why would I offer him forty one thousand dollars less purchase price? Yeah. Um, yep. And why would I necessarily offer him? Yep. Yep. We have a five percent, a four percent with a twenty year amortization, and then we have a two and a half percent. So. Um, but if I'm going to offer a 10-year, a longer term, typically I'm going to pay more, not less. Right. Okay. Let's look at just how much the seller would gross if he took any one of these. So he'll gross 342000 on the 10-year. Uh-huh. Okay. That's fine. He will gross 322 if he takes it for six years. Okay. Is there really, I mean, for 20 grand, that's $5,000 basically a year that he'd be making. Um, why would I want to go 10 years if I could get pretty much... Pretty close to it at, yeah, at in six. six. Yeah. So there's really, so far, there's really no reason for him to take that 10-year option. Okay? Right. Why would I take the six-year if... I can get 307 in three years as opposed to 322. Yeah. I mean, that you're again talking like a $5,000 a year difference. Right. So to me, if I'm going, if I'm the seller and I'm looking at this, I'm probably looking at why won't I just take the three year? I'm getting the most amount of money every month. I'm getting the highest price and I'm getting the lowest term. Um, why wouldn't I just take that one? There's really no reason to stay in the other two. Yeah. What you want to try to do, and sometimes you, you structure these because I really want them to take one particular option. But I think that what Joe did is, I think he would like him to take option one, the 10-year term, as opposed to the three-year term. Okay. But he made the three-year term way too enticing in the 10-year term not at all right so that's something that you've got to understand um the second part that i don't love is that i don't think these payments necessarily work so if you look at let's just look at the the last option where the payment is 1450 a month if you remember when we figured out where we were um, expense wise we were we had six hundred and eighty seven dollars to work with right correct yeah and uh, so at fourteen fifty that we're offering the seller on the the higher mortgage right to get to fourteen fifty if we just take fourteen fifty minus the 839, um, we are basically giving him you know, all of that money. Yeah. Uh, like all of it. All of the cash. Uh, and there's like 60 bucks left. Yeah. Okay. $70 left for us. Yeah. Now, the other one, it may make sense because it kind of evens out because, um, well, actually, it won't. Um, because if we're still paying them fourteen fifty, and we're minusing that five twenty nine, I mean, the payments aren't going to get us 
any kind of cash flow. So I think he got a little, um, now maybe he thinks that he can raise the, the rents significantly. I don't think it was significant. I think it was maybe a couple hundred dollars a month, maybe on each one. Uh-huh. But we're offering too much money, at least on this one. And I would say the second one where it was 1372. Okay. Okay. So, um, and what are the chances? Now, I never talked to the seller. Joe did. So he's the one that got the impression that, hey, upfront money isn't as important. But $3,000 on a $260,000, property is super low. Yeah, you can get more with an option. <laughs> right. So um, now if that was the case and you know, he's like, look, the upfront money doesn't matter to me. Uh, it's still an insurance policy, right? Because yeah. That's all the seller really has, other than you know the security and the collateral. Correct. So, I did think that some of the down payments are low, but I also realized, hey, Joe's planning on writing a check for these, so he doesn't want to get you know. And granted, if you're not getting a lot of cash flow, then you want to come out of pocket less money. Yeah. So that part I do understand. Okay. Okay. Do you do you see how? He tried to structure it kind of like a tier, so yeah. like lowest to highest, right? Um, and but didn't really separate them enough to make it worthwhile to really take anything other than huh. one of the options. And I believe that with this option, the payment is too high. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yep. Okay. So what I think that we'll do is we'll. Do another episode, and now we'll look at it a little differently and how I restructured it and why. Okay, perfect. So just to summarize, um, he gave too much cash flow to the seller, correct? And he didn't um, he didn't really in- give any kind of incentive to take the ten year over the three year um, because I mean the the net that the seller would make is, you know, like $5,000 a year or something. So, um, so that's one thing. And then, um, the shorter the term, the higher the purchase price he was offering, which is, and the monthly payment and the monthly payment, which is kind of counterintuitive. Um, cause you would kind of want that to be the opposite, correct? Yes and no. Um, traditionally, yes. But th- there is a way to do it, and I think that's what kind of is confusing him here. And that's why I, I, I personally, I think I made a mistake by introducing this simple interest kind of thing because it will confuse people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I would tell you is don't pay that much attention to it. Focus on the other two don't because the other two are puzzle pieces. You, know, you you enter numbers into your calculator and it tells you what the number will be. This option with simple interest, you are picking a number. And I hate when I say that because people think, oh, I can just pick whatever number that I don't know. It's still got to work within the, 
within the, the boundaries of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, within the income the property can produce. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's a great stopping point. So, guys, hope that you've enjoyed this. Um, and on our next episode, we're going to get into restructuring this. So what Jeff did differently from Joe um, to uh, make this work. So if you guys have any questions about this episode or any other episodes or you want to leave us a comment um, or if you're interested in working with Jeff and his apprenticeship program, give us a call on our hotline. Uh, no one will answer, so um, just leave us a voicemail, 877-409-8090, 877-409-8090, and uh, you can reach us on the web, www.thecreativefinancingpodcast.com, and I think what I'll try to do is um, link these uh, up in the show notes, so Joe's Joe's offers if I can okay. and uh, and then your offers so people can kind of uh, see that as well okay. any last words Jeff uh, I hope this isn't too complicated to follow along uh, the goal is to really try to make you think a little bit about why you're you're creating certain offers and how they all fit yeah and so I know it's a little difficult to follow along when it's all, you know, you yeah, can't just visualize. Numbers. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and that's why I, I always recommend just if you can, if you're in a position, pull out your calculator and try to follow along that way. So as we're punching numbers into our calculators, because we're running numbers in real time here as we sit down and record this podcast, um, I, would, I would encourage you to do the same because what are you doing? You're practicing. You're practicing with us. And that's the best way you're going to learn. Yeah. So, all right, guys, until next time, create some terms. Thanks for listening to the Creative Financing Podcast. We need your feedback to continue to bring you the best strategies in creative financing. So please subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate your ear and please pass this on. Until next time, create some terms. This show offers general information on creative financing strategies and real estate investments. Nothing contained herein should be considered personal, legal, or financial advice. Every state has individual laws governing the use and type of documents used to execute strategies discussed herein. You should consult with a local licensed real estate broker and attorney before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed, and opinions of the guests are their own. Profits are not guaranteed, and there's always inherent risk in real estate investing.